What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. On today's episode, we're having an amazing, amazing person that's on here. <laughs> Look at Christy's face. This is going to be absolutely awesome, babe. When is it coming up? Right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's show. I am one of your hosts, Josh, here with the always wonderful perch slips, Miss Christy. How are you? <laughs> I'm a wonderful. Wonderful. All right. So we want to dive right into today's interview. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Trust me. Trust me. You want to hang on for this. Okay. This is absolutely incredible. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce who it is. Her name is Rihanna Milne. Uh, she was selected as one of the top coaches to follow in 2022 by Wealth Insider Magazine and is also featured in Forbes Magazine. She's a certified global life love trauma recovery and mindset coach and certified clinical trauma and addictions professional. She's a number one best-selling author, the host of her podcast called Lessons in Life and Love, an educational speaker and a licensed mental health counselor for over 22 years in Palm City Beach, uh, Palm Beach County, Florida. What's really cool about this interview is she's not just a coach, she's also a therapist, so she understands the value in both of it, and I'm gonna ask you to hang on and wait to hear what she has to say about that. Yeah. All right, without further ado, let's bring on Rihanna. All right, so we'd like to personally welcome Rihanna to the show. Rihanna, welcome. Hi, nice to have, be here, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we actually are really excited about this. Uh, first off, you live in a really wonderful state, and we're jealous of that. <laughs> yeah, but, we are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, your specialty and stuff, which we're going to jump into here in just a little bit, is, is something that really aligns well with our audience, and so we're really excited to have you here. But before we get into all of that, let's let everybody know a little bit about who you are. Okay, um, Rihanna Milne. I'm originally from Philly. I'm a Philly girl and then lived at the Jersey Shore for a while and moved to beautiful Palm Beach County in 2014, Florida. Um, I have two daughters, soon to be 39 and 40, which is hard to believe, and six adorable grandchildren, one little girl in that mix. Um, I've been a psychotherapist for 22 years and uh, going on 23 starting in August. So I'm very excited about that. And I turned to the coaching model and got certified in coaching in 2009 and 10 because the coaching model to me was just so much more impactful and, and effective in helping my clients through personal transformation quickly. It's more solution focused. We get right to the issues. We work as a team, uh, coming up with solutions, goals to help them create the life they desire and have the love they deserve. And then I turned to trauma uh, coaching after I experienced actually two love trauma relationships. The first one was the father of my daughters and then late years later, and it made me finally stop and question. It's like, I'm a nice person. I'm spiritual. I'm kind. I'm a great mom, a great therapist. Why am I getting 
toxic people in my life. Hmm. And, you know, having a triple master's in psychology, it's amazing that how much they do not go into relationships, making them successful. Mm -hmm. And I uh, turned to my own research and discovered the huge impact that childhood trauma has in our life in all areas. Mm -hmm. So how we feel about ourselves, success in relationships, uh, success in career and growing a career. It literally has to do with everything. And um, being that I was working in the schools at the time, I worked with a lot of kids of trauma. I worked in every grade level, kindergarten through college as a trauma counselor or working with those kids that were struggling academically, mm -hmm. emotionally, they were bullied or the bullies. Mm -hmm. um, and I also taught drug and alcohol education. So I was working with people of addictions in the rehab centers, even women from the prison system. So working with all these people from trauma, getting back to their histories, I found these top 10 traumas keep showing up. So in 2012, I invented the Childhood Trauma Checklist, which is an assessment tool I still use today and is now mm -hmm. used around the world for my clients to easily look at and say, wow, yes, this did happen to me. So is that related to what's going on in my life right now? Mm -hmm. And it absolutely is. So once I understood all that, I created my coaching programs for singles and couples uh, ages 16 to 76, men and women and knew I needed to take this message to the world. Yeah, so awesome. during the process of this, right? So you're a therapist for a long time. Uh, you yeah. still are probably a therapist to some degree, but uh, maybe help everybody kind of have an understanding of why you do coaching and what's really the major difference between coaching and, and therapy. Okay, sure. The therapy model assumes uh, mental illness. You have to put a diagnostic code on people. And unfortunately, when all our health records became part of a universal system, this was hurting a lot of my clients, like police officers, people who serve in the military, uh, celebrities that I work with. They didn't want this following them in a chart for the rest of their life that I had to put a code on as depressed. Yeah. We all go through things. So if it's a momentary loss, and you're depressed about that, that code shouldn't have to stay with you forever. So that was kind of a personal turn off. I don't like to label people. And when I discovered the childhood trauma and I knew I had to teach actively mindset for success, spiritual concepts for people to heal and change, therapy looks down upon spirituality and any kind of faith-based teaching. Mm. I know with trauma healing, it's imperative to have faith-based belief system to heal. So there's such a big difference. I don't assume my people are mentally ill. I know they're going through something. So as a coach, we work as a team and I teach them the skills to become more consciously aware. Um, and the unconscious is usually in charge of our lives. People just go about their day, you know, remotely, don't think about things. Full conscious awareness as we think about everything we do, say, write, how we act. Is it good for me and the other? Doesn't cause any harm. Is it a great decision? What are my three goals for the day? So it's a very conscious way of living. Yeah. And when you get this, then the conscious can overwrite the unconscious impulse. You know, and there's a lot of negative fear-based thinking in most adults, which come from childhood messaging. So the conscious awareness um, overrides those negative belief systems or messages or behavioral norms. 
that tend to get us into trouble and don't serve us as adults. Yeah. Good. Yeah. There's a natural like negative loop. It seems like that we can fall into as adults, like we all can. So that's awesome that you're in that space. But what we also would like to know is, can you describe the 10 traumas that you mentioned a couple minutes ago uh, that are experienced during childhood and the impact that most adults have later in life, in their life, relationships and love, how that affects them? Please. Yeah, sure. Um, First of all, there are more than 10 traumas, but these were the top 10 that I kept seeing over and over again, despite the age, the population, the culture, the race, it didn't matter. Male, female, didn't matter. Um, Second, the research has showed childhood trauma definitely goes through at least three generations. So as I explain these, this is not to make anyone feel sad or like, oh, something's wrong with me because I've had this. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was doing the research, it was coming up like nine out of 10 people could identify they had one to three traumas on the list. In 2021, the research shows 100% of us has childhood trauma. So it's still basically a newer science. And, but the thing is, you know, we're not looking for blame or shame, but to recognize, oh, wow, this did happen to me. And maybe this is why I'm suffering as an adult in some of these areas. So we just want to take a look at it. And I have a saying, you can't change what you don't know or understand. Mm -hmm. So the first point is getting to the knowledge of what happened and not to blame your parents, because again, they came from trauma. And parents do the best that they knew how with the tools that they've been given, right? Okay. So the first one is if there was any addiction in the family, a mom and dad, if a grandparent lived with you and being an addictions counselor, I named 12 of them. So it'd be drugs and alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your parent was cheating and that was part of a family secret, porn use, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, mm-hmm. workaholism, and even computer use, gaming, social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, like addicted to the machines, I call it. Yeah. Because that's the first one. Second one is verbal messaging. So did you hear the words, I love you? Did you get verbal accolades from your parents? Even if you didn't win an event, it's like, you did great, hon. I could see you trying your best. You know, those kinds of things or I'm proud of you, or did you not hear those things? I know being part of the baby boomer generation, I I questioned like nine people on the beach and all of us did not hear those words from our parents. So it was, yeah, (laughs) it was the time we were grew up in. Um, And then also the verbal messaging, how are you watching your parents work through an issue? Do you see them yelling and screaming at each other? Are they sitting down and hearing each other out and calmly with love solving the problem with several solutions? Um, Were they passive aggressive? In other words, if you did something wrong and they were mad at you, did they not talk to you for hours or days at a time? So verbal messaging is highly impactful. That's the messages that keep going around in people's heads Mm -hmm. from what you've heard years ago. Okay. The third one is emotional abuse and neglect. We all know what that is. The fourth one is abandonment. And there's two types, fault and no fault abandonment. So a no fault abandonment is if a parent happened to die early, if they had to leave the family to serve their country for the military, 
or if they happened to travel a lot and that's how they supported the family, but they were gone. Now I grew up with that one because I was doing the research. Well, I don't have many of these traumas. Like that's what most people think. And I'm like, wow, my dad was away all the time, but we didn't know he was CIA FBI. Yeah. Until he was sick with cancer. We got letters from Ronald Reagan and William Casey of the FBI at that time. So we didn't know where he was. We didn't know where he was coming home. And it would always leave me thinking, is my dad okay? Yeah. You know, so that's, he didn't mean to cause that trauma. That's how he supported us. Okay. So that's no fault. A fault abandonment would be never being in your child's life. It would be, um, never, um, barely seeing the child or keeping promises that I'm going to see you, uh, this weekend when they're divorced and then that doesn't happen or the parent is late. Um, another one is actually being present in the home, but emotionally absent. So the parent doesn't support you in your sport activities, you know, or go to your plays. Um, they could be that person going to work all day, eating dinner, then going to their home office and barely interacting with the kids. Yeah. yeah. The next one is physical abuse, rape, molestation. Uh, again, these could be happening inside or outside of the home. Um, so your home life could have been perfect, but you might have been physically being beaten up every day you go to school. Okay, yeah. so it does it just is childhood experiences. The next one, number six, is if you were adopted, part of the foster care system, or had to go live in another person's house because mom and dad didn't have a home or couldn't keep you in their home. There was too many kids or something yeah. else happened. So even if you go off to grandma's house or your aunt's house or family friend, you're still forced to move away from your parents. Number seven is personal trauma. That's the one most people can relate to. So were you ever bullied or felt different? You might've been mm -hmm. a chubby, overweight child or skinny and gawky. That was me <laughs> and I for that. Um, you could have been, you know, a different race or culture than the norm at school. Uh, you could have been coming out as LGBTQ student and was not accepted at your home or in the school population. So anyway, you might have felt different, even, you know, identified it as ADHD child. Now I was mm -hmm. working in the schools with the ADHD kids and they mm -hmm. always felt labeled and different. Mm -hmm. So I understand that pain of I'm not good enough. And that's the messages that come from personalized trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma number eight is sibling trauma. So this is if your sibling bullied you or they were wow. most often the favored child, which we call the golden child. So they could have been the star athlete, more handsome, more beautiful, the better student. You're always, why don't you get grades like your sister, you know, always compared. And even the teachers compared you if you were one of the younger ones. And I was fourth out of five. So I got a lot of that. Um, and then if your sibling was born with a physical illness and mm -hmm. that demanded yeah. more of your parents' time and attention, yeah. then you're often felt like, you know, left alone on the side there. Okay. Trauma nine actually has two traumas because one was trauma 11 and I had to bring it down. Years ago when I was growing up, there was not much community trauma. Now it's our number one 
trauma with COVID coming up in 2020 and 2021. Everyone around the world was impacted. And that was the years that they said, okay, everyone has had childhood trauma. If you're a child, somehow you experience the trauma of COVID. So, you know, that could have been happening in your neighborhood, in your home. Your parents might have lost jobs from it. Um, So community traumas are mother nature events our mass shootings, our school shootings. Yeah, yeah. So look at the numbers and impact of that as time has gone on. And that was minimal when we were kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other half of trauma nine is family trauma. So of course, community trauma impacts the family, but uh, family trauma could also be growing up with lack, not a lot of money. So you have this lack message and mindset as an adult. Um, the, the, the insecurity that that brings, you're always searching for security Mm -hmm. as an adult. Um, also it could be if a parent was incarcerated, if you had to move a lot every two to four years in the U S if you were part of a military family, that means you're always the new kid in school. Um, so there's a lot of attached to these two. So it's pretty impossible. Number nine. And then number 10 is mental health illness in the family. Now, when we were growing up, we didn't see our parents go to counselors. So we just kind of have to guess, you know, did my mom or dad suffer with any of these, you know, anxiety and depression are big ones, but the two most damaging would be bipolar personality disorder or borderline and borderline, I think is the most destructive. It's, um, a a lot of mood changes. So when they're good, they can be great, but when they're bad, they're horrid. And a child never knows what they're going to walk into that day. That person could explode at the littlest things that nobody else would be angry at. So it leaves a child very anxious. And then bipolar is manic depressive. So depression can show up as checking out emotionally, extreme fatigue, or even anger. And a manic phase, people think, is that the high and happy one? Well, you could have a lot of energy, but it's often tied to something destructive, like a spending spree, a gambling binge, um, you know, alcoholism on top of that. So those are the top 10 traumas that I describe. Wow. How many did you have? Christy had 10. Christy (laughs) has 10 of those. I do. So we're both recovering alcoholics, right? So our our, okay. our audience knows that, right? And, uh, you know, she's been sober for 11. I've been sober for 13, but oh, raised in addiction and mental health and, you know, all of these things. But Christy's, like, I'm counting these as you're going through them. And I'm right. like, yep, her, yep, her, yep, her. And so my question, I mean, she probably has her own set of questions, but my question <laughs> to that is, you know, how often do you encounter people that are like, hey, I've, you know, we, I blocked them all off, like, How does that, how many times does this happen for you to see? Well, what happens is it becomes part of what we call your norm. Normalized behavior from your house becomes your norms in relationships. And then the relationships are toxic or they fail and you can't figure out why person after person. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the bottom line is we have to heal the childhood traumas. We all go through something. So that's why I said it's not about guilt, shame, or blaming your parents at this point. When we heal this and heal the unconscious messages and the chatter in our heads that we're not good enough, um, uh, you know, we were done wrong staying in victim mode 
And you go through all the tools and mindset for success system that I teach and become more consciously aware, Mm -hmm. then we are aware of our actions, our words, our behaviors. Are we people pleasing? So let's talk about how this shows up, what you asked me, um, because that was a great question. So everyone that comes to me, guys, does have traumas. They recognize themselves in this list. So they're like, wow, okay, yes, I have this. Now I know what it is. And Mm -hmm. that's so powerful for me because I was in the same place as everyone else. Why am I attracting toxic partners? Right. You know, and thinking um, I am a good person and I know I was a good person, but what else was going on for me? And not knowing is the most frustrating part. So you're starting, I call it a rainbow, you know, on the side of, I don't know what I don't know. So how do you change something that you don't know what it is? So now that we know what it is, now going up the rainbow is all the tools that I teach. Okay, that's all that. And then once you get those, it's constant practice. And in all, as a certified clinical trauma professional advanced, I have one and two, they say it takes about six months to totally change from unconscious to conscious awareness. Mm So as a coach, I'm always watching, is my client slipping? You know, are they becoming demanding? Do they have this sense of entitlement, false negative expectations? Are they people pleasing? Mm -hmm. Are they stretching their boundaries and putting themselves last? Are they too afraid to say yes to themselves and take calculated risks that will help them grow and have more life happiness and excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people stuck in trauma saying, no, no, I can't do it. Wow. I want to, but I probably won't succeed in that. Or I don't want to spend the money on that. What if it doesn't work for me? You know, so all those negative fear-based messages, mm-hmm. there's what we call are still in the dark side. And what I we're teaching is to live in the light, always striving to live in the light side of life. This is where joy and bliss, happiness, peace, uh, purpose, friendship, love, you know, everything that feels good is living in the light. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there's a lot of faith-based concepts here, which we call spirituality, um, for the healing. And you have to have faith. You can heal and grow and find emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious love. And how do you do that? So when I train my clients, the first half is healing childhood and love trauma, because one leads to the other. Then the second half is teaching the couples to communicate. So I understand partner A's trauma, partner B. They come to understand that. And what are the emotional triggers and hot buttons? And then how do they renegotiate through that and start working as a team and communicating with love and kindness and saying, we can get through this, babe. We're a team, you know, instead of yelling and screaming. So there's much to learn. There's a lot for me to teach. Um, so how this shows up in love relationships, and I'll give you some examples to the trauma so we can make the connection. So if you have a partner that's controlling or jealous, that comes from trauma seven and two, going through personal trauma, not feeling good enough. Let's say it was a man that was short in high school, so he was picked on by the football player and felt kind of geeky or nerdy and not good enough. And then the messages at home from an alcoholic father is like, you'll amount to no good. You know, why aren't you on the football team like I was, you know, trying to live up to the parents' dreams of what they should be. So that message in combination tells you psychologically, unconsciously, I'm not good enough. So that lends to jealousy and control. 
Um, impulsivity is one of the most dangerous things for couples. So that could be someone that grew up in lack. Um, let's say there's a shiny red sports car and it's like, I know I can't afford it, but I want it. I deserve it. I work hard. They buy the car without telling their partner. They come home with it and like, we'll find a way to pay for it, but I want it. So you're not thinking of the other or how it, the consequences and how this could hurt you. You live in impulse because you didn't have much as a child. So impulse can be very dangerous. That's also where cheating tends to come from that category of, but she didn't want to make love to me last night and this waitress is flirting with me. So you know what? I'm going to act on it. Mm-hmm. And that is because the ego is not strong enough to say, thank you. You know, I'm married and, I, and I'm happy and I wish you the best, <laughs> you know, because consciously awareness, you want to do the right thing when yep. we're spiritually based. Okay. Women come and do a lot of what we call people pleasing. I say that a lot in my ladies, they stretch their boundaries And I had a couple come to me and she goes, nobody loves me. I do everything for my husband and my kids and they do nothing for me. And this woman had an alcoholic demanding father. So she knew she'll get love if she's a good little girl Mm -hmm. and does everything to please him as she's growing up. So she did this for her family and they just walked all over her. And the man says, well, I didn't tell you to do all those things. And then she became angry, resentful and exhausted. And she was not, you know, the loving partner because she had all this weight on her shoulders to carry. So we reteach boundaries and learning to say no and standing up for yourself as someone's taking advantage of you. Abandonment issues, if you had those, can lead to clinginess, anxiety if your partner's gone, um, you know, making demands or seeking special attention outside of the relationship. Anger and yelling comes from seeing that model to you. If your parents were yelling, that tends to be the way you handle problems. Of course, addiction can come from that. Being in a in a sad family, you know, you're depressed. So as a teen, you're experimenting with drugs or alcohol. Um, perfectionism in men or mm-hmm. uh, blaming behavior can come up. It's everybody else's fault. It's not mine. No. Uh, imposter syndrome. We see that in a lot of our actors and actresses. They work really hard to finally make it. Then they're like, why am I here? I don't deserve this. You know, so it's that disconnect and they don't see the hard work and they're trying to get the accolades. And if you knew a lot of the biographies of people are movie stars and singers, you know, they did come from traumatic homes and sought that love and attention from their career. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot. Yeah, and the tip of the iceberg, guys. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it is. That's a lot. (laughs) That is that is a lot. Well, speaking just from, I mean, we can ask her the next question, but speaking just from my personal experience, I know I just started myself personally finding healing 11 years ago, and when you have, from my experience, when you have all the traumas, you know, you were physically, sexually abused, you were abandoned, you had all sibling, all of them. I think you have to choose and prioritize which ones you unpack first, which ones are going to be the most important to give you the most healing in the beginning. And for me, it was, I had then become an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I needed to quit drinking. So I needed to quit drinking. So then I could focus on, Hey, how can I find my emotional healing, deal with the emotions in a positive, healthy way, similar to him, I'm sure. Cause he Mm -hmm. was an alcoholic and 
he had to quit drinking to figure out how can I deal with these emotions without stuffing them down and talking about them without losing my cool and, or leaving, like just leaving the scene or yelling. So I think that is super impactful for married couples. We talk to married couples all the time and they ask us like how our relationship is so strong and it is these key things that you have to learn how to communicate. Would you agree? Yeah, you got to heal your you have to heal yourself first before. Well, I what what we say is We're, we have to and, and neither one of us are completely healed. I don't think I don't no, think we are. We're always the work in yeah, progress. Yeah, yeah. But right. what but what we say is we can't pour from an empty cup, you know? So, and how do we concentrate on filling our cup is concentrating on these traumas and then healing from those traumas continuously. And then we're able to pour into our spouse because if I'm constantly defensive because I'm not healed from something, yeah, you know, I am no value, you know, and not even in an, maybe not even in an intentional way, which we understand codependency. We know how all that works, yeah. you know, and, and then now we're sharing traumas back and forth, you know, it's <laughs> banging each other's head on it. So, but yeah. it's interesting to hear like, the way uh, that you explain them because yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that I'm still, I have struggle with self-worth big time. So I'm constantly seeking him. Love me. Be there for me. Like all this <laughs> stuff. So it was just interesting. I'm like, yep, yep. That's still me. I'm still growing there. So, so you're right, Chrissy. The first things we focus on is what we call self-love. Yes. And boundaries and the ability to say no if it doesn't serve you or you don't desire to do something. Uh, but we can, we learn to do it with kindness, not yelling, no, I'm not doing that for you. Yeah. So it's love self, love of others and, and the spiritual concepts as well. And that's all my module one out of 10 modules. So we examine the trauma. We know what they are and we're working at them the whole six months. It's not like we heal that all of it first, then we move on. So once we identify them, the second part, module two, is defining what is the life you desire? What are those goals you thought, I can't do it? or I put it in on hold, or I don't think I have the money for it. And you do, you know, but you don't feel safe enough to spend it. So what is the desires and dreams? And then we set up solid goals, three a day, three a week for business and personal, the three business and personal per month, and then every six months. So we always have a map of what we're striving for. And every day we start our day off with conscious intention through meditative prayer. So we do 15 minutes of what I call divine spiritual meditation. They do that in the morning and it is shown in science and quantum physics that meditation eases anxiety, depression, your cortisol levels, which is fight or flight that keeps you in that anxiety state. We lower that blood pressure is lowered and then increases serotonin and dopamine levels of the brain, which are our high and happy chemicals. Mm -hmm. And if you do it in the morning, it has eight to nine hours of positive effect on the brain and the body. It also increases focus and slows down reaction time. So for those people prone to anger or impulse, we slow all that down so they can get into their conscious mind and say, is this a good choice for me and others? And if in doubt, go without. Don't say it. Don't write it. Don't text it. Don't do it. Think on it. Right. So we have all these little skills in place that when practice on a daily basis gets you out of the unconscious dark side and into the educational conscious awareness side. Yeah, I love that. I do love that. Yeah. So can you name the five things for us in an emotionally healthy, evolved and consciously aware relationship? 
Sure, sure. There's more, but these are just some of the the ones that I mention in my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams. Yeah. Break free of conscious, uh, break free of toxic relationships to have the love you deserve, and it's a number one bestseller. And this happens to be on page two ninety four. So I call it the five F's. So the first thing is solid foundation, meaning the ability to trust yourself first mm. and others and your partner and have confidence in who you both are individually and as a couple. And that includes sharing moral values. So when you're first out there dating, it's not about chemistry. I say chemistry is the worst way to fall in love because that's taking you unconsciously back to the norms that you grew up with. Yeah. yeah. So it can be very dangerous. Okay. So yes, there has to be an attraction factor, but full conscious awareness of the foundation of what you want in your life and as a team. Second is flexibility, meaning you're open-minded and caring and easygoing. You have good mood management. You're emotionally open to hearing your partner's side of the story. This allows for loving conversation. It's not you against me and who's winning this battle because you're going to lose the war, which is your relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so many people want to be right. No, let's work on this to be a team. Mm -hmm. So that's flexibility. And I see so many couples arguing over to vaccine or not, which president to vote for. It's like, let that human being have their own opinion on it. Right. So it's, it's this is yep. super important in this day and age of flexibility. The third F is fidelity. You have to be honest, live in integrity, meaning doing the right things when nobody's looking because you and God know. So, you know, are you living in integrity and loyalty to your partner in the relationship? The next F is friendship. It's been proven in all the research, you should marry your best friend. Yeah. So are you taking the time to build the friendship first, not jumping to intimacy? Again, that's a huge mistake people are making. Um, so you have to build the respect, reliability, kindness, and acting as a best friend. Yeah. When people think back, how long have you had your best friend? It's like 20 years, 30 years, but their marriage is end in two years. Yeah. Well, the friendship, the best friend concept was not built up yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to look at that. It's important. The other F is fun. Do you have enough things in common that you can do together? Your activities um, and talking about your common interests and your hobbies. You don't have to do everything together. But we talk about balance triangles for couples, me, you, and us. So the me time is your work time, your time to go to the gym, time with friendships. But very often the us is shortchanged. They're not making time to date anymore. They're not making yeah. time to really go out and have a great exploration for a weekend or weekends away uh, as a couple, not only mm -hmm. just a family. You need your couple time, super important. Uh, then there's compromise, needing to be able to negotiate the differences, uh, learning to apologize and forgive. Forgiveness yeah. is one of the highest spiritual concepts out there. Humans mm -hmm. are not perfect. We do make mistakes. You've got to be full in your heart with faith to say, babe, I believe you are remorseful and yeah. let's get back on track and let's figure this out. And, you know, to, so we say we're quick to apologize and quick to forgive. Um, super important. And knowing how to negotiate through your differences, which nobody learned in the family system, in college, in high school. Nope. So have to learn those communication skills for negotiation. It's funny, I was teaching my elementary students that. 
And they even learned to say the word negotiate. We have to negotiate through our problems. Yep. So it's hearing one side of the story, then the other side of the story and coming up for some solutions. Mm -hmm. So learning those skills, starting in elementary school stops a lot of bullying, yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. uh, balanced individuals. You both are emotionally healthy, consciously aware. And the last one I want to talk about was one of the top things that keeps couples together is a sense of faith and spirituality. Mm. So, you know, being accountable to your faith, to who you are as a person. And when two people do that, it is the best for sustainability and longtime love. Yeah, it's it's kind of for us, you know, I, Christy was, you know, grew up in the church and then went away from the church, you know, and, and life happened. I didn't grow up in church at all and later in life. And, you know, it's funny because once we, you know, decided to dedicate our lives to serving Christ, we realized that since we had a goal that was beyond both of ourselves was alignment. All the other stuff was just about healing, which is a lot of what you talk about, about healing ourselves and understanding each other and choosing to be bigger because that's what our faith teaches us to be right. bigger and beyond. And once we were able to really focus on that, it was like all the other stuff was just details of getting those in line, which we continue to do as we get older. Yeah. So I love yeah. that you brought that right back around at the end because it's for us, yeah. it is one of the later things that's happened, but it's the pinnacle that really keeps things driven forward. Well, because then in blended families, too, when you get together, you don't get to experience each other without kids, before kids. Yeah. Right? So you get together and you already have, you know, a family with kids and everything else, and then you have to balance. So it's even harder, I think, because you and I healed, and there's, we're not the only ones, but I'm just going off our experience. We right. both were in the in the throes of our healing process. Mm -hmm. I mean, at ground zero and we had a family like right off the bat. Yeah. So it, it, God would play a huge and still does play a huge role in our family and in our life. Cause we wouldn't have been able to do it without him. No, absolutely. I, I love that. And it's super important too, to also consider the trauma of your children. Yeah. They went through a divorce. So what happened yeah. in that first marriage that was toxic or unhealthy and what were they a part of? You yeah. know, I found in the schools and I was a bit of a rebel. So many kids were identified with ADHD and instead they're coming from traumatic situations. They're coming in so high in anxiety and the research shows when you're high in anxiety and the cortisol is up, memory and focus is down. Mm. So I was doing meditation in the schools in 2004. If they came to Miss Rihanna's relaxation room, I did not have big bright lights on. I had table lamps on yeah. and I had the meditating to uh, Louis Miguel, which is Spanish music. It was just the tone of the music was so beautiful. And I don't even speak Spanish, <laughs> but I just knew some of these concepts could calm the amygdala and, and the cortisol and get them back into a state of safety and calmness. And, you know, the teachers would say, are you giving those kids drugs in there? How come they're coming back so chilled out? You know, cause they were acting up and yeah. yelling at the teachers. And, yeah. you know, when I did that on a regular basis and taught the kids then how to self-regulate, their friendships went up, the grades went up, their own happiness levels went up. So these concepts should be taught within the yeah. home. And the other book, Live Beyond Your Dreams, has a parenting chapter in there that goes into a lot of what I call positive parenting skills. 
because I'm such a child advocate working in the schools and seeing so many kids come in, you know, so traumatized. I mean, people said my mom didn't come home last night. I said, so you got yourself up and came to school and got on the bus yourself? Yes, Miss Rihanna. I mean, you know, I had another girl go home from high school and her whole family moved out on her, wow. you know, so the stories I have seen, the realities um, you know, we have to teach the kids empowerment and how to do mindset work from the earliest stage of life. Yeah. You know, that. and believe in their dreams. My one daughter, Alexi, at age five says, you know, she's watching TV and the Save the Children commercial came on. She goes, Mom, I want to go help save those kids in Africa. And I said, honey, I believe you will. That's a beautiful cause. Well, by 20, she's with her best friend going off to Africa, sponsored by the UN, and now there's 21 water wells in Africa due to her belief system and her efforts and me saying, I believe you will. Yeah. And she wanted to be a singer. Some people say that's a stupid career. Well, she ends up on three multi-platinum CDs. So when you have the belief system, which we call the mindset for success, and you're teaching this to your kids early on, they will do what they believe in without yeah. fear or hesitation, yeah. you see? So we are responsible to help our children to believe in themselves and their abilities and never to doubt anything that they say, their yeah. dreams, their goals. Yeah. Yeah, so I love something that, you know, I picked up on this whole time we're talking because, you know, you, you worked in the schools. And so my first experience with meditation wasn't at home. It was from a teacher. It was actually from a coach because I was a cross country runner in high school and before we would go out and practice, he would shut all the lights off in his classroom. We'd all lay on the floor and we, he would play this recording of light music and he would kind of talk us through a winning race. And so I'm getting goosebumps right now. You talk about it because of how powerful that was. At first, it was very confusing. I didn't understand what was going on. Like, what is happening? But what it did is it really helped exactly what you're describing is calm down. But my whole point of even bringing that up is that Sometimes we don't get that guidance inside our, our home. Right. I would say a lot of times we don't, but I would say to our audience, you can still be that impact for others, you know, whatever position that you have, whether it's a, a position at a church or you're, you know, you work in a, you know, some type of school setting or a resource center or something like that. It's, you know, you've even probably, neighbor, you know, we yeah. all can teach healing for yeah. sure. I mean, you, you've probably impacted you know, tens of thousands of kids that you didn't even realize even possibly to this date that this thing has made a difference in their life. So yeah. I just think that's, it's just really powerful. It stuck out to what you- Thank you. What you Thank you. I love it. I love the work that I do. I'm really blessed and honored that this was my calling. Yeah. yeah, and we're thankful for you. And as we wrap up today, uh, I know you have a lot going on, right? There's tons goes. We can, we'll put links down inside uh, the show notes to let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. But uh, what do you want to offer? What do you want to tell people how to get a hold of, of Rihanna? Sure. Well, first, I just want to leave you with a thought that it's time. Don't wait to feel happy about yourself and life. You know, you can create the life you desire and have the lovey that you deserve. So I have a lot of free resources to help you get started on my website, which is my name, rihannamilne.com. It's a free ebook, Have the Love You Deserve. There's free chapters, like 60 pages of both my books, Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams. Uh, there's a four free love test. So whether you're single or a couple, you can take tests. And also the childhood trauma checklist is there. Uh, my podcast is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Mill. And I have 115 shows and my YouTube channel. I think I have 250 tapes. So lots of free information to get started. 
And if I can help you, please reach out for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session. It's on extreme special right now on my website, and I'd be glad to see how I can help you best. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for taking time out of your day and uh, you know sharing your wisdom and your experience and uh, with our with our listeners and our viewers. Yeah, you're welcome. I love that. I love that. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Well, if you made it this far, I absolutely guarantee that you found a ton of value in it. We're going to make sure that we leave everything down in the show notes, all the links, everything that you can uh, receive from Rihanna for free uh, and get connected with her. So we'll make sure to leave that down there. Was this not exciting? Oh, my gosh. She <laughs> is so awesome. Yeah. And she knows her stuff. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate is how healthy she is, like how a good balanced, like well balanced. That's mm -hmm. what I mean by healthy. Like. She balances everything with faith and healing into relationships. It was just awesome. It got me pumped up. Yeah, understanding about how trauma plays a major role, which means your past plays a major role in your future, but not living in it. And I just think there's so much power in this. So uh, I'm going to encourage you to share this episode out. Share it with somebody. Tag somebody that you know uh, right now that maybe has some struggles going on or they could use just to go to the next level. This really is something that can really absolutely help them. Yeah. And it's what we try to tell people all the time in our church community, the Christians that we know that have been Christians for years. Like we have a celebrate recovery in our church and we say all the time, like our celebrate recovery on Thursday should be filled with everyone within the church too. And it's because on this podcast, she says, 100% of people have struggled with childhood trauma, mm -hmm. which is now affects you as an adult. And that is what Sierra is for, is her habits and hangups. Everybody should be trying to get healing. Everybody yeah. should be in recognizing what their blind spots are and looking for healing uh, in those so they could become a better human being. Yeah, I agree. So we want to thank Rihanna for being on here personally. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and your wisdom with us. But yeah. we also want to let you know, we want to remind you that we have an absolute awesome event that's coming up. Mm. It's not too far away. It's November 5th. So if you haven't had an opportunity yet to sign up, you just go to joshandchristy.com. It, it is our perfectly blended event, which is designed for marriages of people that have blended families. So make sure you do not wait to get your ticket, get signed up. Yeah. There's a grand prize worth over $1,500 that you can win, but you have to sign up before you show up. So yes. make sure you go there and get signed up. We will see you next Tuesday at seven. Bye.